This show is supported by State Farm. You have insurance for your home, your health, and your car. Why don't you have insurance for your small business? So many small business owners think they don't need or don't even know about small business insurance. Protecting a source of revenue is one thing, but so is protecting all of your hard work and your team members. State Farm agents are all small business owners too, so they know how to help small business owners choose personalized policies that fit their budgets. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. I love microdosing. I love microdosing. Yesterday, I needed to go practice my drums and I popped a little microdose gummy and I'll tell you what happened. I drummed for about a good two hours. That's fabulous. Yeah. I was looking at our new roof, hoping that it wasn't going to leak and I got some anxiety about it. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to take a gummy just to calm down so I can go to sleep and not worry about this. And I did and I had a great night's sleep and I woke up and there was no leak. I've noticed a change in you for the, a positive change. I like to hear that. Yeah. I feel like your mood is like very centered. I'm sleeping much better. Microdose gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just that right amount of good. And you can get 30% off your first order plus free shipping today at microdose.com, promo code PANTS. It's available nationwide. That's microdose.com, promo code PANTS for 30% off and free shipping. Microdose.com, promo code PANTS. PANTS. I think that my age hit me this week, and I'm not quite sure what brought it on, but you know what it is? I don't feel old, but... Parts of your body do. No, no, it's not even that. It's the perception of age has really been hitting me. Like Uh, somebody said to me, like when we were 20, remember when you thought back at somebody who was from the 60s and you were like, oh, wow, they're from the 60s. That's so cool. The 60s. And I was like, yeah, she's like, that's us now. But it was the 90s. And I was like, yeah, what? We talked about this yesterday. I know. I'm just sharing it with everybody. So it's kind of haunted me all week that like, Oh, that's what we look like? The 90s. Like we're from like the 90s, the way I thought of the 60s. Like, oh, what a cool era. It was like a thing. How lucky are we though? Well, no, we're lucky. I mean. I, I, I stand by it. 90s. I, I, have, I wasn't around for the 60s. I was a baby in the 70s, but. Either was I, Kate. I will say, <laughs> I think the 90s was the best decade. It was. And it was also the last of like our innocence, like as far as technology goes, like everything changed. Yep. But best music, great fashion. Yep. Great films. Not knowing everything about everything all the time was so nice. It was like more relaxing. How great was that? Yeah. You call your friend, they don't answer, you leave a message and you go about your day. Yeah. Like you, I'll be home later. I'll listen to my answering machine. And if you called me, I'll call you back. Yeah, I'll call you when I get home from work. Yeah. Or for, home from anything. You can't just contact me when you feel like it. You can't text bomb me. No. Because you need an immediate answer. It's this immediate gratification that exactly drives me crazy. Yeah. And also just being inundated with like news all day and like updates and ugh, how are we supposed to handle all this? Yeah. And like in the f- eight minutes we've been on now setting up our gear, I've gotten five news alerts. I don't put those on my phone because I... I wouldn't want to leave the house. It makes the world feel too scary. I do. I like I like to I like to feel like I'm aware of what's happening, but still, five news alerts. I should maybe turn off the notifications for a little bit, but I'm following the Supreme Court. 
It eases your mind a little, I'm telling you. Because you can what you can look later. Just get it all like I like I'll read the newspaper in the morning, like on obviously on my computer. I don't have like <laughs> What, you don't get them delivered to your door? No. Those are the best. That's the other thing I miss. I, I, I miss the Sunday paper. Yeah. We were getting it for a while. And the Sunday paper arrives. I know. And you're holding it and it makes those sounds and it's tangible. Yeah. We were getting it last year and it, it, we just stopped opening it because I already checked it in the morning. So I was like, oh, I saw that article. Well, exactly. I realize the Sunday Times is sort of a recap on everything of the past week that I've already seen. But, I, but back in the day when I just relied on my Sunday paper. Yeah, what a joy. That was current for me. I felt my age. I've been feeling my age for the last two weeks because have I gone on my eyeglass tangent? Well, to me, you have, but you can tell everybody. Publicly? I'm sure everyone is dying to know. But I got my eyes checked. I needed new glasses. I've always been nearsighted. Turns out I'm a little farsighted as well. I took that prescription to the eyeglass store because I bought these specific frames. And I said, okay, great. I need the, the what are they called? Progressives? Progressives, yeah. And the guy at the store said, okay. He's like, but I'm just warning you, that's another $600. I was like, $600 for progressive glasses? That sounds a little pricey. I don't know where you went, but... No, because I, I, I sourced it. I sourced it with Kim and I sourced it with my friend Sam. And they both agreed. Yes, it's... It's crazy money. Mm-hmm. And the gla- the frames were already enough money. I, and, and I was just and I thought, you know what, I, I'm going to I'm going to cheap out for a minute. So, no, I'm not going to drop the other 600. I'm just going to do what I do. I get the glasses and I'm not kidding. Within two days, I realize I need the progressives because now. Right. Because I saw you do it. You, now you have to look over your glasses to see far away. And that's the granny look. It's like this. But what's the thing I was doing yesterday that you were like, you even said, "Uh oh, you're here now where I'm reading something and I have to have it far away. The trombone. Yes. Yeah. You start playing the trombone. I'm there now. Yeah. You pull your phone away and you have to. But also I saw you do something oh, no. that I didn't tell you, but that it's you're looking over your glasses, your readers. I need readers now. Right. And now you're looking over them like you were talking to Kim and you had to go like this to look at her. Yeah. And so that's now that, see, that's why, you know, when you see like a cartoon of a grandma. Yeah. That's why her glasses are like that. So now, does this mean I need? Yeah. So I could have avoided this whole scenario had I just. Thrown down the money. Yeah. I guess. I mean, it's not going to get any better. I can tell you that. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. I know I'm at the beginning. So I don't know. I Here's, well, I got Lasix. So I can see like 2020 in the world, but I can't read anymore. I can't. So I'm, that's why I have these all over the house. It's a nightmare. I just thought I'm here now. I need progressives (laughs) and the whole, and and, and I'm never going to get away from the thing that I can't stand, which is having a pair of glasses clipped to my shirt and the other ones clipped on my face and then having to swap out. And I'm always trying to find. Yeah. You'll have two pairs of glasses on your head and you'll be looking for a pair of glasses. The trombone thing you mentioned really fucked me up a little bit Mm because I I think I've been doing that for the last few weeks without realizing it and you called it out. I mean, not to be mean. I was just like, oh, it's happening. She's arrived. I feel bad for you because it sucks. I, I work with, with, with my hands a lot. So I do things really close up a lot, whatever. And now that I need glasses all the time, it drives me crazy. 
I have a bunch of readers. Now I have to dig them out and use them. Anyway. Pants got old. You know what? No, we're not. No, we're not. We need to shut up. We're not old. No, we're not. (sighs) Well, could you see the TV screen when you were watching the next episode we're about to recap? No, I have to wear my glasses. I haven't been able to look at the TV screen in the last 15 years. That's nothing new. That's just only gotten worse, which I uh, which I was prepared for. I knew that this whole thing up close is the one that's tripped me out. <sighs> ah, say lovey. What are you going to do? Say lovey. So the next episode. So we're this will be number twelve, and then we have one more. Correct. Yes. Okay. Great. And then after that, everybody, we're just going to go back to talking about whatever the hell. Yeah. Which I'm excited. Me too. Uh, this season, second season. Feels like it was four years long. I'm going to say 15 years. It's lasted forever. I mean, we did take a break, but... We took a week break. It's lasted really long, this season. I'm hoping season three picks up. But I remember season two not being my favorite. And you, when we first started this, you go, no, season two is great. And I'm like, nope, season two was the one that I couldn't wait to get past to get to season three. Season two, for me, seesaws. Some really pop and others don't. Right. We did. There were some standout episodes, but what I'm finding in all of these episodes, which I didn't realize back in the day, I feel like I'm watching two different shows uh, yeah. within each episode. That's where the tone is sort of. I feel like there's an ace. Yeah. The tone is all over the place. There's mm-hmm. a storyline and B storyline. Yeah. Bet is on her own show. Yes. Let's just say it. I don't think there's anything wrong in saying that. It's not an insult. It's just that's how it feels when you watch it. That's on her own planet. Well, only because her her story, her storylines are a little heavier. Like we're like making up and breaking up and we're doing all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And Bet's going through like real life stuff. Yeah. Like a divorce, pregnancy, possibly losing her job. It looks like, you know, her dad passing away. I think the reason we're having this conversation publicly now is because in this particular episode that we're doing today called Lahayim, it's incredibly evident. But I mean, you really can't bounce back and forth between what Bet's going through and what we're going through. I mean, it's like, I wouldn't even know like how to do it any better than they did it. It's just kind of the storylines are so different. I would have preferred this episode to just be about Bet, Kit, and their father. Yeah, just a standalone episode would have been way less jarring. I remember we did the read through for this in Vancouver. We had gotten back from the boat and we had the read through for this. And I had a memory of having a very, very hard time sitting through that read through because I had lost my father about six months earlier. And there were certain things that just triggered me and felt a little too close to home. And sure. I recall at one point I couldn't, I, I, I couldn't, I just, I, I was just, it was really affecting me. And I got up and I uh, left the read through, went to the bathroom and Mia came, you know, come, coming after me to make sure I was okay. And I just, I couldn't listen to it. The scenes with Bet and her dad and Kit, I just could not listen to it. I remember. I forgot until I started watching it. It's not easy stuff, you know. I want to give major accolades to Pam Greer in this episode. She broke my heart. Destroyed me. And I think that's what triggered me in uh, in that read through many years ago. I love Pam Greer. I understand the way. Well, we can talk. Let's go into it. Cause... Okay, let's go. Let's go. All right. It was written by John Cur- John Curran. No, no, it was directed by John Curran, and he only did this one episode. He was a cool guy. I think he was friends with Jennifer. Okay, and then it was written by Eileen Chaikin. 
And all right, let's go. We're at the cold open. And Jenny is under a bridge in Vancouver because that was a bridge in Vancouver. I was like, that's not L.A. So she gets out. She goes into a bar called the Howling Coyote. There's that BDSM woman that we met. Is it the same woman? Yes. Oh. It was the same one from last episode. Because that woman, there's two lines of dialogue in the scene. And one is, who's that? And the other one is, oh, yeah, she's really sick. Exactly. Which I was like, that's not very nice. I thought, what an interesting, what an interesting term to use for someone who's processing their trauma. But because it was so short, I won't hang on to it. But she annoyed me. Me too. Me too. And I was like, what is, so Jenny is now meeting the bar owner, but we don't know what for yet. But you, you know, you have to think with this woman in the same scene, it's not, you know, something. And because the bar is under the bridge, it's to allude that this is a seedy joint. Right, right. It's a, those are always under the bridge, aren't they? <laughs> it's a little dangerous. Yeah, always under the bridge. Dangerous. <laughs> I got to say, your character straddled a lot of these storylines. You, you straddled really? the one with, yeah, with Jenny, and oh. you also straddled the one with Bet. Oh, a little bit. I wasn't in any of it. Yeah, Shane's the empath of the group. Right. She wants everyone to be okay. I justified yep. that at some point later on in this episode when she's hanging out with Mark as... You have to have a lot of understanding to hang out with him. I had forgotten about this. And then anyway, so that's the teaser. Mercifully, it's short. And then we see Jenny and she's singing to herself and she's going through charcoal drawings. And, and Which I was like, did she do those? Is she? Uh, thank you. I don't know. I wondered the same. Because they were really good. And I was like, if, if she's into illustration, she should follow that path. She should get into it. She's really good at all her little drawings and stuff. The bulk of this episode, I mean, truly, it cuts between bed is at home because Melvin is coming to live out his remaining time at her home because he doesn't want to be in the hospital. And the rest of the episode then cuts back to us. Well, she's made that choice. Let's be clear. She bet has made the choice. She would like her father to pass away. But he says at some point to her, no more hospitals. No, I know. He sort of wasn't a part of that decision, I don't think. Oh, okay, okay. And either was Kit. Nobody's, nobody's, I wouldn't say excited, but nobody, you know, Bet's the only, she's kind of on her own island here with this decision. Right, because Kit's there. They're setting up the, he hasn't gotten to the house yet. They're going to bring him from the hospital. So she's setting up the bed and she's setting up his area in the living room. Of- the hospice bed. Yeah. The hospice bed where he's going to be staying and Kit is just the voice of reason. And Bet really... And the nurse. Say again, no, the nurse isn't there yet. Well, she's a voice of reason also. She's like, because she sees the nursery. Yes, yes, yes. And realizes there's a, a baby and she's like, the baby's coming soon. And she's like, what are you going to do if the baby shows up while your father's passing away? It was like a whole, it was like a lot of stuff Bet was like, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care. Yeah. I want him Bet's here. really wants to be, she really wants to be the... She has such deep need. She needs such deep seated approval from her dad. She says, no, I'm going to be the hero in this. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy. She didn't talk to anyone about this, but I guess that's per bet. Well, I don't know if she, it's just about her being the hero. I think it's also that she doesn't want her father to die in a hospital. She wants to spend. Right. But she's going to take all of this on on herself. She's like, nope, I got it. I got it. Like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to work. I'm going to take care of him. You don't like it. That's your problem. I'm going to do it. But I get it. I mean, a lot of us feel that way is kids, you know? And then we cut to the Jenny and Shane's house. Yeah. And the rents do. We make that clear to Jenny. Well, my question is, Mark hasn't left. So doesn't he contribute money to rent? He does, but it's, you're all splitting it. So her, her portion is due. You're a little worried because maybe you haven't seen her go to work or something. 
You're like, I hate to bring this up, but the rents do. Well, she doesn't seem that worried about it. She's not because I think she's her plan is to go do what she does at the end of the episode to make some money. That's what how I took it. Oh, look at you. Well, thanks. Because she's like, I'm not worried. I'll have my I'll have my money. Don't worry. Ah, okay. Thank you. You just tied just that a in guess. I mean, lovely. I didn't see any you know cash exchanged, but that's how I took it. No, you're right. That ties it in. Okay, so. Just so everybody knows, we're going to be going back and forth between Bet, Kit, and their father dying and the rest of us, the rest of the, the gang. So it's a little hard to go back and forth, but bear with us. Basically, Shelly arrives. And it seesaws and in, in, in sadness. and in, 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 Yeah, it's going to feel listening to it like it felt watching it, right? Right. All right. Hold that thought. We'll be back in a minute. This show is supported by State Farm. Insurance is a part of any solid financial plan. Making sure you have the important things in life covered is one of the best ways to give yourself a little breathing room when things go awry. It's important to protect not only your business, but yourself as a business owner and all current and future team members. State Farm agents know what it takes to run and protect a small business because State Farm agents are all small business owners and they live and work in your community. So they're deeply attuned to what's happening with other small businesses in your market. If you have a small business and are interested in making sure you're protected, reach out to your local State Farm agent to learn more about what you need. They'll help you find the right policy at the right price for your business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Ladies, we can all bond over this one. Imagine a bra that you actually want to wear. They're hard to find. We all know it. We've been through how many bra many. brands? Ugh. And you're like, I like this about it, but not this. Or They're just uncomfortable. Well, today's sponsor, Honey Love, has revolutionized the bra game. It's real. Say goodbye to underwire and bulky fabrics that trap heat. Honey Loves bras feature supportive bonding that eliminates the need for underwire without sacrificing lift. It's cool. It's like these little, I can't even describe it, like these little bone things. And it's like, I don't know how they do it, but it's brilliant. Plus, they've made fabric that's so soft, it feels like second skin. So you immediately feel and see the difference. So it's next level comfortable. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash pants. Now, after you purchase, they ask you where you heard about them. Please, please support our show and tell them pants sent you. Honeylove.com slash pants. Treat yourself to honey love because you deserve it. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed. So you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Why don't we streamline it? Why don't we just try tackling the Melvin storyline? And then we can get into everybody okay, else. Okay, let's do it. Okay. Because other thing, other, because like the Jenny stuff is kind of heavy, but it just, it's That's so. That's heavy too. It's so uh, discombobulated. It's hard to keep track. Okay, great. I feel like everyone's going to be relieved. Groovy. Done. Thank you. Okay. So here we go. Shelly is the caretaker. So Bet's at home. She looks a, a little disheveled. She's trying to hang pictures of her and Tina and things uh, from their childhood, things that would comfort Melvin. Mm -hmm. She 
is also like just trying to figure like get what are the medications? What time do I have to do this? What, you know, like basically what does this entail? While straddling her job because she's on the phone with James, her assistant. And you can tell you're like, uh oh, this isn't gonna go well. This is it's too much. And the Shelly, the the nurse says you might want to buy some hospital curtains for privacy. And she says, no, 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 that's so uh, depressing and sterile. How about some of those Japanese screens that will block off a room? Oh, yeah. The Shoshi. And I was like, oh, Shoshi, Shoshi jeans. No, not Shoshi screens. Shoshi screens. <laughs> she should call Candace. And then without miss, yeah, without missing a beat, she looks at Shelly <laughs> and says, you can pick those up. I know, like an assistant. And I was like, no, 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 bet. She's not your assistant. She's your father's nurse. Call James. Shelly's like, get your assistant to do that. Shelly really stuck up for herself. Yeah, I was proud of Shelly. Then here, here's what was a little bit weird. Franklin came over to their house, mm-hmm. which I was like, that's awkward. I don't think Franklin and Bet are that close, but basically her boss. I think they've had a long-term working relationship and she's made it clear that her father is in the last stage. Uh, that, didn't, that, didn't, that didn't ping me. Oh, I think this is a phone call. I don't think Franklin would have come over with Melvin in the living room. Here's the thing. What I think he came over is because I've always felt that Franklin is looking for an excuse to get rid of Bet. I know. And so to come over there and to show empathy and to look like he's concerned and that he's trying to do her a favor by taking a quote unquote leave of absence softens the blow in his brain. He's thinking if I do that in person, she might not take it so harshly and she might agree to it. I know, but it's so awkward because Melvin's in the bed right behind them. And he's like, hey, if you want to take a leave of absence, I'm sure Leo can take over. Yeah, but Franklin's cutthroat. He's a dick. Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. He shouldn't be there. It was too intimate. He's trying to get rid of Bet, And it was just, I thought it was rude and weird, Franklin. And then later in the evening, because again, we're only sticking with Bet here. So then there's a time jump. And later in the evening, you know, Tina's had her whole night, which we'll get to in the second part of this. And Tina pulled a kit and showed up through the back door. She did. I noticed that too. Yeah. If you're going to get go into Bet and Tina's house, the fastest way to do it for anybody to know is go through the sliding door. They don't lock their side nope. gate. They clearly don't lock the siding gate. Help yourself. They don't have alarms. Ring didn't exist yet. Nope. Slide that door open. Come on in. Come one, come all. Yeah. So what Tina came back from a night that we'll talk about, but So what happens? Basically, I was like, for me, the first time, maybe the second time, I was like, okay, I understand this relationship. And I was like, Mm -hmm. this is where Bet and Tina shine. They're they're always there for each other in, I think, the hardest, the most difficult situations in life. And that's where you got to give it to them. You're like, okay. Yeah, agree. And Melvin's on morphine and... uh, He's he's and they're sitting at the edge of his bed and Tina is comforting Bet and Bet's trying to keep it together and. Melvin being on morphine, he starts to... He's getting confused. He's getting confused. And he's talking to them. And he's calling and, he, and he's talking to them like he's talking to his ex, ex-wife, Bet's mother, whose name is Maxine. Bet's mother was Maxine. And he starts apologizing to Maxine. But it was a bait and switch because he's like, take care of my baby, take care, you know, meaning Bet, take care. And, and it was like, oh, he, he's finally there. He's finally realizing what's important. No, he's confused. And, you know, we've both lost people. And I know from my experience, when that person is getting to the end of their life, they're aware of it, whether they're going to say it out loud or not. And they start saying things that have profound meaning, real, 
Yeah. And there's clarity and, and you start to really see how they feel deep down of what really counts. Right. Well, that's what we thought was happening. But then he thought he was talking to his ex-wife, Bet's mother. And then Bet cries. Right. But then he says, take care of my baby girl, but take care of my baby girl. And that's what I'm saying. So there is that moment. Of cl- I think he was doing both simultaneously. I think that they, okay. I have never been on morphine, so I wouldn't know. I feel like maybe both could coexist. Well, it was a hard moment. It was. Tina realizes Bet gets up to go cry in the bedroom. And then Tina follows. And I thought, oh, God, please, please God, don't, no, have sex. don't have sex. sex. That's what I please, thought. please, for the love of Christ. I and thankfully, I said it out yeah, loud. Thankfully, they don't. And she just wants to go to sleep. It was just a sweet kiss. I just want to go to sleep. And then Tina's relief. She's me too. I'm tired too. And they cuddle. And that's real intimacy. Yeah. Thank God too, right? Oof. That's where I think Bet and Tina shine in the real intimacy moments. Take out the sex stuff and blah, blah, blah. Like the real stuff that matters. So, okay. So then what happens? Um, oh, they wake up in the next morning. They're still spooning, which is cute. Nobody got too hot. And Kit is in the other room sleeping next to Melvin. She snuck in after the Peaches performance. She was said she was home by midnight. And I was like, uh, it would have been later if Peaches was. You were probably home by two. That's what I thought. Mel, they're getting, Mel, Bet comes in and Melvin and Kit are getting Melvin situated for the day. And they're talking. And I think he overhears Bet talking to Kit about work and leave of absence. And Melvin in a moment of clarity, refuses for either one of them to give up their lives to take care of him. Right. He has so much dignity. He says, absolutely not. Live your life. And then he says, hello, Tina, for the first time. No, Mrs. Kennard. Ms. Kennard. Which is why I think the night before it was the two happening at the same time, because he finally saw. Yeah. I mean, he is going in and out of clarity but, uh, there's but there's this weird acceptance is what i was saying it's like uh, people at the end of their life like they acknowledge acceptance they acknowledge things that they've maybe like tried to push away their whole lives this unspoken knowing that you're not going to be around much longer and that's why he says hello tina because he saw the comfort that she was giving his daughter exactly he saw it so that's this unspoken sort of acceptance I thought it was deep. I liked it. It was deep. And thank God he did it. Melvin says, I refuse to have any help going to the bathroom. Let me have my dignity. My father was very much the same way. He says, don't get in my way. I can do it. And they bet and Kit help him to the bathroom and they close the door to give him privacy. The nurse shows up. Oh, and Bet says, my dad's just using the bathroom. And then, you know, you hear him to, fall. Yeah. And he's heavy. And so... Bet runs next door to where Shane, Jenny, and Mark, because he's still around, are having morning coffee and says, I need your help. And so she has them come over and they all carry Melvin back to bed. That's when you straddled the story. Uh, really? Yeah, that's when you were in Bet's storyline. Okay. Well, you too were in Bet's storyline. I was not there. You were at some point. Oh, yeah, I was. Yes, you do. You're right, guys. Thanks. It's hard because we're only sticking to Bet right now. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I got confused. You're right. But I don't believe you're there to help Carrie because I can't imagine Bet calling the whole gang in from LA to help carry her father. I know. It's a little too like, yeah, Yeah. it's like, there comes the troop coming in. No, she went next door. Okay. Oh yeah. You call me from the street and you're like, 
And you know what? When we were carrying her father in, I recall we were really carrying Ozzy in. Wow. And I was kind of dying inside. I hope you were careful. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, I'm touching Ozzy Davis. This is so amazing. Okay. So everybody leaves. Bet's giving Melvin water through a dropper. It's getting very mm-hmm. sad. And then she starts going through a box of Melvin's things and showing him a picture of her and Maxine, Bet's mother. Yeah. And she pulls out this shell from Acapulco and also shows one of Maxine's watercolors, which is why I was like, oh, it's a, it's a sort of backstory into maybe why Bet loves art, I thought. Yeah. I thought the same. Right? Yeah. And then she goes on to read a Langston Hughes poem. Mm-hmm. This scene broke my heart. And Kit's there. I know. It broke my heart. So Kit's there and and Melvin cries out for his mother, which was mm-hmm. really sad. Yeah. And so Kit and Bet sing to him. And this is when I cried. Oh, yeah, me too. They both sang a song, which was probably from their childhood. <sighs> and that's where you think Melvin might be saying goodbye. I know. But they, they both, it just was really tender. And like, that's where... Pam really, like, I sank. Oh, Pam. It was just so real. And basically the next, was it the next morning? Yeah, there's a funny thing because towards the end of the episode, when we're wrapping it up, there's this very strange fade in, fade out. Fade in, fade out. And it's day and night. Yeah, it was hard to keep Dusk up. Dusk and like, dawn. I know. Dusk and dawn. And what is it? How many days have gone by? Two, three? Who knows? One. I got lost. Yeah. I, and I gave up on the timeline. I didn't give a shit because who cares? It doesn't. You don't need to try to hold on to it. We know where this is leading. And it's the next morning. We wind up at the next morning after this fade in, fade out montage. And Bet's making tea. And you hear Melvin. Make a noise. Yeah. they cl- like Some like to call it a death rattle. Have you heard that? When someone's That's like. That's different. That's different. How is it different? What you're talking about. Well, we don't need to go into it, but yeah, that's different. But I thought, oh, is that what that is supposed to be? No. You sure? Yes. Okay. And then he passes away. It's very sad. Bet yells for Kit. Kit comes Mm -hmm. running in and then they both sob on their father's chest. Mm -hmm. And it was devastating. Yeah. It was sad. I mean, I don't know what else to say about it. It was really depressing. Well, that there's nothing because it was a sort of the standalone episode within the hour. Yeah. Well, should we go over to like the other side of the episode? <laughs> should we go to the rest of the clowns? See what the rest of the gang was up to? Yeah. Helena introduces Tina to Lee, the glass blower. Colby Smothers. Exactly. Who's still on. And she's so like in your face to Tina. This is the first time since maybe episode three that Tina's hung out with her friends and just her friends. I know. Well, she's been she's been on her own island with Helena. Is Helena. I have a question. I ask this with all seriousness. Is Helena or was she initially written as a sociopath? of? Yes. Yes. I think I think if because Helena in 2022, if this was still if she was a real person, she would have her own Netflix doc series. about. Right. Yeah, she would. Another con artist. Yeah. Yeah. She was written as the nemesis to bet. And I think that they just kind of kept rolling with that. The problem was they hooked her up with all these other characters. And I think now they're not sure what to do with her. So it's kind of reading like, remember last episode when she was at the gay pride and she had like a tanked up on and seemed sort of like mm-hmm. normal. Mm-hmm. She's back to being Falcon Crest. 
and she's back to like treating people like shit and like, oh, hello, Tina. Have you met blah, blah, blah. Knowing full well that would hurt Tina's feelings. I mean, I know that they just opened up their relationship last episode, right? They're like, we can date other people. But like the last thing you do is what she did. Yeah, you keep it quiet for a minute. You kind of keep it to yourself. I mean, I've never done it, but I'm assuming you would be like, I'm not going to rub your nose in this. Well, also, you kind of want to see if this other relationship you just started pursuing is even worth it. Exactly. And you don't go to the planet where everybody is. Exactly. Like you just want to be found out, don't you, Helena? That's what I'm saying. She's sitting in it and rubbing everyone's nose in it and everybody's uncomfortable. And why the hell am I having lunch with them? Well, me and Dana. Are we there yet? Doesn't that happen later? I'm sitting across the couch. Like we have a lunch date with these two. No. But Tina's sitting there. No, 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 no. We're not there yet. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Wow. But I feel you. But I feel you. We're not, I I, I had the same thought, but we're not there yet. This is just when Alice, Dana, and Tina are walking into the planet to to have a get together because Tina hasn't seen her friends all season. And that's where you spot Helena with Colby Smothers. And it's awkward. And Helena says, Are we still going out tonight, Tina? And Tina's like, Honestly, no. I just wanted to get bath. Leave me alone. I want to be alone while I can be alone. Because she's about to have a baby, also. Helena, what a dick. I'm sorry. She's her own Netflix doc series. She's a, like, she is like a walking con man stories for Netflix. And then the other part I love is that suddenly Lara and Dana see Lara. one another. Laura, sorry. Laura and Dana see one another. Yeah. And remember, Alice knows that she's working there, has never mentioned it to Dana. Well, considering the amount of time these characters spend in the planet, it's a little hard to believe that Dana and Laura have not. This is the first time. Put two and two together. Or Kit has not said to Dana, hey, I'm I'm working with your ex. She's here Guess now. Guess who I hired? You're not going to believe it. Or that Alice would, would assume that if it wasn't that day, it was going to be the next day that everybody ran into each other. So you might as well tell Dana. Like, hasn't like, she been there? A secret for, for? Hasn't she been working there for three weeks? Months? months. Yes. Feels like months to me. But we're to assume that she was just in the back kitchen. So maybe no one would ever see her. Right. But was was Laura there socially that day or was she... Did she pop out from the kitchen? She had a break. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I think she, she had a break. No, she, she was she was about to meet with Kit to discuss the lunch menu. So that's what it was. Oh yeah, discuss the lunch <laughs> yeah. menu. Okay, the lunch that we're going to figure out. They're probably right going to have to take the pear polenta tart off because maybe it wasn't doing so well. Anyway, they're so happy to see each other, mm-hmm. and Alice is like, "Where's Gabby?" And Laura's like, "Oh, we broke up." Alice's heart sinks. Yeah, because it's her worst nightmare coming true, and. Dana, Laura asked her out for dinner and I'm like, that's okay. And she looks at me like, why are you asking her for permission? And Dana has to say like, well, we're together. And Laura, I can't believe it. Like, she can't believe it. She's like her. Like, what? okay, right. And then there's a time cut and you and Dana are still at the planet. Yeah. And now you're having lunch. Somehow this morphed into a lunch with Helena. And, and apparently the planet's coffee shop has a tasting menu. Because that's what Helena requests. <laughs> Maybe they. <laughs> when did everyone become friends with Helena? That's probably why Laura had to talk to Kit. She's like, hey. She's like, we people gotta, we need ha- tasty menus. We got to expand. 
$70 tasting menus for lunch. Makes total sense. <laughs> I think this is actually dinner. I think this is d- the dinner. Wow, because so you it's guys later got the there day. for lunch. So you I never left the is, planet and then you stayed yeah. for dinner. So you're saying we didn't even go home? <laughs> because be- because <laughs> Tina said that she wanted to meet her, meet Helena earlier because she was tired. And so it's later in the day where you're having an early dinner. And I think in my brain, I said, I said that Tina didn't want to be there alone with Helena. So she asked Alice and Dana to Does stay. Does that turn into the Peaches concert? Like, do I also Oh then my stay God, for- is that the same night? You've been there since noon, maybe 11 a.m. I need to get a life. You need- Something to do. A more scheduled job. Thank you. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in a minute. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. this very odd timeline at the planet, you see Mark and he's trying to be of service by doing handyman work around the house. When did Mark, first of all, we see him fix a sink. He's like doing plumbing. Oh, I thought he was doing, I thought he was scraping old paint off, uh, off the siding of the house. Outside of your house. That's earlier. He's scraping the side of your house to to repaint your exterior. Okay. Then he's doing plumbing. Does he plan on sanding before he repaints? Because otherwise that paint's going to peel off. I know. He goes to get coffee and muffins for everybody. I had a flash when I'm watching Mark's acts of service that in the last season of this series, Shane is doing the same thing to get Jenny's permission back. Maybe that's where Shane got the idea. She's like, well, it worked for Mark and what he did was horrible. So maybe it'll work for me. Oh, interesting. Okay, so that's how, like, you forgive people on the L Word. You do, like... Well, f- no, that's how Jenny forgives people. She said, oh, you're going to wash my car. You're going to repaint the siding. You're going to fix that leaky faucet. I don't think Alice ever learned that because we hadn't gotten a lot of fights maybe that's later not in your, the season. Maybe that's not your love language. I don't think Alice is handy at all. I don't think that she would even know how to pick up a screwdriver. And also, Jenny won't speak to Mark. Mark will offer... Do you want this? Do you want that? Whatever. And Je- she doesn't even respond. She's nope. an ice queen. Total ice queen. That same night. I'm just going to make this the same Oof. day. I don't know if this tracks with Bet's storyline. Who cares? Because it's like two different shows. That night at the planet, Peaches is playing. Also, not only is Peaches playing, but nobody talked. Like, you know how in other episodes, if somebody was going to play at the planet, we'd talk about it all day. Like, hey, are you going to go to the concert later? And da, da, da. And so-and-so is playing. This, like Peaches is the greatest guest we've had so far. Nobody, and we're just like, oh, it's Peaches on stage. Like oh, it was Peaches nothing. is here, great. <laughs> now, in now in the actual episode, what happens before we see Pe- Peaches saying, 
is we have this really beautiful, poignant, quiet moment with Melvin, Kit and Tina. And it's so touching and sincere and lovely. And it cuts to boom, peaches. (laughs) (laughs) And I love peaches. Major fan. We're huge peaches fans. And we freaked out when we got her for the show. We were like, what? Listen, I, the cuts are too extreme for me. Like my heart and soul can't take it. It's not like she was singing like fuck the pain away. It was another song, but it was that, it was that awkward Wait, which one is it to I, go from me together. Come on, baby. Let's go. Yeah. I like girls and I like boys. Come on, baby. Let's go. Uh-huh. And then there's a cut where she gets down on stage and she points you out. And I was like, oh no, are they going to repeat the same beat? Well, like I said, when Shane got pulled up on stage by Betty, that was originally supposed to be Peaches. Something happened where it got switched. That's right. But wasn't this time the point of doing that is she reached out for you to come on stage. You're like, uh oh, because oh, I should say Carmen is standing right next to you looking hot as hell with her little. Well, there's never an episode. There's never there's never an episode where the longing glances between Shane and Carmen are there. Like you always have to that's have how, that. I'll take it all day. I love yeah, them. totally. I'm just saying no episode is complete without it. But that's why Shane backs away. Right. Because she looks over at Carmen and you probably thought, well, I can't do that again. Well, also, she's trying to. She likes Carmen. Yeah. She's really trying to make a little bit of an effort to say, can I really do this? And one of. How about that you get also get pointed out out of every audience member. You get singled out. You're like the Courtney Cox of the L word. Yeah. In the Bruce Springsteen video. Yeah. Like wherever you go, someone's going to grab you and bring you up. Power shine. It's that, it's that, it's that, it's thing. that shine. It's that thing. <laughs> like, I wonder if you were at like Staples Stadium or something. Would someone like find you? Katy Perry would like. Yeah. Or Miley Cyrus would suss me out in the audience and yeah. say, there she is. You could be in like the nosebleed section and she's like, you get up. Beyonce's like you. I wish. Rihanna, all day long. Great. I would want to go to every concert with you because I know that we'd probably get backstage later. Yeah. Anyway, Peaches was a huge get. And then you and Carmen, nothing really happens. Oh, you ask her on a date. What well, happens? we're not there yet, Leisha. Okay, sorry. We go to, after the Peaches concert, it is, now we can have a new day because it's the next day. And Dana is shaving her legs, getting ready to go out. And Alice wonders why she's shaving her legs. This is where I was like, Alice needs to back off a little, but I do kind of understand where she's coming from. I do too. I think Dana should have been a little bit more like forthcoming about the possibility that this might be a bad idea, but she leaves it all to Alice to just have all the understanding in the world and be cool about it. Yeah. Alice is turning into the suspicious girlfriend, but to Alice's defense... I don't recall Alice having a healthy relationship up until now. So how would Alice know any better? She doesn't know how to handle herself. She also knew how much Dana loved Laura. Yeah. I mean, that was like a, and by the way, Laura is so pretty and so cute. And, you know, I get it. I would be threatened. Well, you're pretty and cute too. I don't think that well, has thanks, anything Kate, to do with it. But you know it. what I'm saying? It's a, it's, it's an obvious, it's obvious insight into insecurity. Yeah. But it's not hard to understand. I understand the reason for it for her. Alice has never had a reason to trust someone before. 
ever. And then Dana's like, no, I'm not shaving my legs for Laura. By the way, are you, are you upset about this? And I'm like, no, 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 it's totally cool. <sighs> okay, this is where you and Mark are in WeHo. And we're buying supplies for bets. When did Mark and Shane, again, like I said earlier, this is Shane being the empath because she just wants to make peace. She believes the good in everyone. And then you guys start to bond about Lola, the girl who did get dragged up on stage. With peaches. And he's like, oh, she's, we're kind of seeing each other. And you're like, I wish I was seeing her. Like you got a little bro with him. And I was like, Shane. Mm -hmm. And then also we're going over to Betts. That's the thing. Everyone's coming over to Betts, including Alice and Dana. And I thought Dana had plans. She does. I, after we drop off the flowers, I drop off Dana at Laura's place so they can go on their date that I'm not supposed to be threatened over. Right. Well, when Lara and Dane, oh, well, we're at Bet's house and we're all having a glass of wine. How did everyone wind up getting over there? I don't know. We're talking about fathers. You. It was the phone because you, Alice and Shane talked about it. You, you were like, yeah, bring some flowers and some wine. So That's there I was. And uh, we're at we're in the patio at Bet's house and we're playing the game of name your father in one word because that sounds like fun. I was, this was too much for me. This was too much for me. Yeah. It was a little... So everybody in one word has to describe their father. Why? I don't know. By the way, my, Alice's was like absent. I was like, okay. I don't, I was good insight for, you know, season three Gen Q because I didn't know I had an absent father. Yeah. Shane says invisible. <laughs> Meanwhile, we'll see him next season. And then Bet with the real Debbie Downer moment <laughs> said dying. dying. And I was like, well, there's a real, oh, that's, that's a, a button on a scene. That, that's, that's a way to get everybody out of your house. <laughs> You know what? Let's wrap it up, guys. Yeah, should we get going? Oh, it's late. Put a cork in that wine. We go to Dana and Lara, who look like they're on a tropical holiday. Where the <laughs> hell are they having dinner? Did you see that that establishing shot? It looks like yes. they're in Acapulco. Yeah. <laughs> it was a theme from Melt the Shell. Bet Shell is a child. Whatever. I thought they got on a plane and went over to the... <laughs> Well, you would think because Alice is going into some sort of panic attack. Well, you're text bombing her or phone bombing her, whatever we used to do in 2004. That's what you're doing. Yeah. I'm at the Peaches concert and I'm like, are you coming soon? Leaving messages. Oh, wait outside. There's a big line. No, the Peaches concert was the night before. Okay. I don't know where wow. I was. <laughs> <laughs> you were I'm bored still... at home. <laughs> when I'm not at the planet, I don't know where I am. It's just all like too overwhelming for oh, me. Oh, I know what it is. No, no, no. We're going to the Howling oh, that's Coyote. that's right. We're going to Jenny's big show that she's asked us to, which was not mentioned the whole episode, but all of a sudden the characters are in the Howling Coyote, which by the way, and I've been to strip bars. We all have, right? You've walked. I've never in my life seen a place that is that packed. It's like a biker, biker bar. It's like, it's like taking men and putting them on steroids and putting like hundreds of them in a room and one naked girl. Yeah. I was like, I don't know if this, does that exist? And they're all like, huh, huh, huh. Uh -huh. like it was like really upsetting. It was kind of like overkill on the idea of a strip club. It was, it was very over the top broad, but everyone is there and Carmen <laughs> shows up. Oh, this is my favorite. What are you doing here? Like, so Carmen, so Shane's there waiting. Shane told me to come. Yeah. Shane's there, there. Shane is there waiting. Carmen shows up. Hey, what are you doing here? Oh, J Shane, Jenny told me to come. So wait, so was it a last minute thing? Because if, if Dana had this date with Laura, 
And we knew we were supposed to see Jenny's show, mm-hmm. not knowing what it was. Wouldn't I have said maybe not tonight? Go out. Well, you said pick, make sure you're done by 10 so I can pick you up so you can come to Jenny's. It's a lot of plans in one night. We're really getting to the weeds over a storyline <laughs> that we all can agree is utterly ridiculous. Carmen, back at the strip club, Carmen is she gets in a bit of a tussle with a couple of the guys. They started manhandling her. Two things. One is Carmen can handle herself. She doesn't need little Shane to come over and help. And she did. She totally did. Number two, in that moment, in that environment, that's where Shane suddenly (laughs) decides to ask Carmen out on a date. I know. With the romance. (laughs) It was like a rom-com. Read the room. (laughs) Now's the time. Now it feels right. After you just shoved two men off of Carmen. And we're watching this poor woman up on stage. Do you want to go out with me? (laughs) You know what? Do you want to go out with me? She thought, what? Wow. Yes. The romance. Yes. Yes. You like me. The credits roll. And then we see. Yeah. (laughs) End of season two. And then day, and then poor Alice is outside just phone bombing. We see the other side of the phone bombing and it's poor Alice asking where Dana is. I know. I think everyone on this show needs to like reconfigure Relax. their phone plans because everyone has problems with communication. I don't know what subscriber we were all with, but we it, all need a new plan or like a, maybe a family plan. So we at least yeah. know we're on the same one. I think Dana has to be on AT&T because that shit is horrible in L.A. No question. Yeah. Also, she's ignoring the phone calls because it's in her bag. It's in her bag. It's behind her. She's, she's having dinner. But here's what I'm going to say. If 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 it's going past 10 o'clock. Come on, Dana. Like, if you actually know, like, I'm going out with my ex-girlfriend, but my real present girlfriend is going to pick me up at 10. I should have my phone to be. And if it goes past 10, I would let them know. Agreed. Hey, I'm not going to make it or the dinner's running late or. Alicia, we are older and wiser than the characters on this show. Okay. And then Jenny, finally, it's Jenny's moment to shine. And she's called Miss Yashiva Girl. Well, my favorite part was when she threw the The shoe. (laughs) She threw the stilettos. Yes, me too. (laughs) It's like that was a Mia. And then she comes out looking adorable, by the way. Amazing. I was like, that's a cute strip club. She's all like, I've got like a ripped up T-shirt, some cute jeans. I have my hair slicked to the side and glitter on my... She looked incredible. And the men looked horrified. Like, what am I staring at? What's this girl with short hair? As if they've never seen... Jeans, yeah. Sleeveless black T-shirt. And she stands there boldly and takes her top off takes her bra off and drops her pants. And that was her big performance. I took it as this is Jenny reclaiming her power back. That's how I thought it. Yeah. And why she wanted to do it there. I guess it makes sense. She was really just going into the lion's den, right? Saying, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to go big. Exactly. It makes a lot of sense. But why she invited us, I didn't understand. She's like, hey, everybody, I've got like a 10 o'clock performance. Want you to be there. Maybe she just needed safety. Some backup. I think she wanted to. Yeah. I mean, and and Mia just stripped down. She pulled off her top. She pulled down her jeans and just stood there head to toe. That was the end of that. Respect, Mia. We did. Miss Dana did come in too. Who? Oh, yeah. Oh, she did? 
Yeah, she did. Because you're upset and you're you're in bed and Dana. She got, oh well, she oh that's right. She comes running in, but I apparently left with within fifteen minutes, ten minutes, because I was outside and then Jenny was on stage. I didn't give Dana much of a chance to tell me she's not. Did you even see Jenny's performance? No, I left because they cut to Alice in bed at home, really upset. I'm sure Jenny was really disappointed. I know. You weren't there to support her. And now I'm just going to have to hear about it from you mm-hmm. guys. So then the next scene, Dana comes home to Alice's house and Alice is really upset, rolls over and says, I thought I lost you, which I was like, that's a little much. She had dinner for Christ's sake. I get it's threatening. I know, but don't. It was a little dramatic, but Alice mm-hmm. is dramatic. And then the next morning, Mark is mm, making pancakes and it's the first time in three episodes. Two. He's like a house husband. Yeah. Men men should just, if you're going to have a man in the house, let's have him live in the cupboard. And when you want him and when you need something heavy to lift, you pull them out and you say, hey, like, can you lift this heavy thing? I can't lift it. And they are like, here you yeah. go. And they do it. And then you put them back in the cupboard, shut the door and they're quiet. I thought like rent a husband would be a good service. Do they have to live in it's your like home? It's like a handyman, but they, do they have to what? Live in your home. No, you would hire them. They'd come over and do some of the things you don't feel like doing. So it's a handyman. I know, but it's, I don't know why I thought it was more. Let me think about my business plan. I don't think I've. I like the men. I like the man living in the cupboard in like, in like the utility closet. And you're just like, just stay there. That's better. Oh, I'll, I'll open the door when I need you. But he's making pancakes and Jenny speaks to him for the first time and says, that smells good. Can I have one? And so clearly there's some sort of. Breakthrough. Yeah, for Jenny. She's gotten past something, which is great because I love Jenny. I don't want her to go off the deep end. I know she does. but Yeah, the night before, she she feels empowered. She's ready to... And this is where this weird fade in, fade out, fade in, fade out, fade in, fade out happens with the day to night, dawn to dusk. All of those odd shots. You can't really get a sense of how many days have gone by. Mm-hmm. But, that la- but once that odd thing happens, then we go to Bet making the tea and that's where Melvin passes. Right. I mean, you have to end on that. You can't. Of course you do. I mean, the whole episode just could have been about that and I would have been fine with it. Yeah. I don't. Did standalone episodes really exist back then? Because I know they're very popular now. Six Feet Under did one. Six Feet Under did one when when David got kidnapped in the van and that was around this time. But it, it was like a rarity back then. And that's it. I mean, that's episode 12. And what the hell is going to happen next episode? Because it's the finale. Oh, my God. I'm glad it's the finale. It's time to wrap this stuff up. You can feel them. You can feel every storyline just grasping at string cheese, trying to like hang on for one more. Well, let me take. Can I take a couple of guesses? I think Dana is going to because I don't remember a thing. I think she's going to tell Alice she's not ready to commit. Mm hmm. Or she's still in love with Laura. That's either going to happen. I think we're probably going to watch Shane and Carmen Duh. consummate their love. Duh. What's going to happen to Jenny? I think, oh, I think Bet's going to lose her job. If I have to look at Shane and Carmen, look at each other without... Touching? Yeah, I'm going to scream. Okay. I think she does. I know what happens. Tina has... Tina's going to have her baby. Yeah. I don't know what happens to Jenny... Maybe when she, oh, I bet Bet's at work and gets a call, like 
I bet Franklin's like, oh, she's back because he really wants Leo to take over. Mm-hmm. Then Beck gets a call about Tina. And so it's another personal thing she has to leave work for. And I bet right when Tina delivers the baby, Angie. She gets fired. She gets a phone call from Franklin and she gets fired. That's my guess. What happens to Jenny? I think we all get abducted by aliens. <laughs> we get ripped out of our homes. What happens to Kit? Is the planet going to be okay? We get taken to another planet. Who cares? But what happens to Mark? Actually, what happens to Mark? Because we never see him again. Is he just like part of the gang? And what happens to Helena? Right. Those are the two I'm actually most curious about because at this stage, I'm wondering what, how, how do we move forward? Maybe Mark's like, you know what? I never set out to be a house husband. I really want to go back into porn. Love you guys. I'm glad we all made up, but I'm going to take off. I love you mean it, but I'm going to go. Yeah. I think that's, he's going to leave on his own. Well, he's going to leave somehow because we never see him again. Because he got forgiveness, right? He got his forgiveness from Jenny and now he can take off. Right. He can relieve himself of the guilt. But Helena, what the hell's going to happen to her? Because the baby's born. Is she going to walk in and like take Angie out of Beth's arms? Well, third season, Helena has a personality transplant. So time goes by. Well, that's fine because that's a fresh season. So you can pretend a lot didn't happen if you want to. It's not how I would do it, but no. I've seen it done again and again on television shows. Yeah. yeah. A plus work to Pam Greer. Yep. Ozzy Davis. Jennifer. They did great. Listen, we've had some fun episodes in the last couple of weeks. You can't win them all. Can't say this was my favorite, but. But it had to be done. And now, well, they could have stopped at 12, but we're, we have 13. So everybody, you're in for one more. And after that, I don't know what's going to happen. We're just going to start shooting the shit again. Right, Kate? Oh, goodness, yes. You need a break, right? You need you need a break from, from... I do. Yeah. Well, anyway, we've got one more left. We hope you come back. See you next week, Pockets. Okay. See you next week, Pockets. Bye. Thank you for listening to Pants, a podcast brought to you by myself, Kate Menig, and Leisha Haley. Produced by Melissa D. Montz. Please listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can follow Pants on Instagram at The Pants Pod. Theme song by Carolina Para of the band CSS and graphics are by Love Fox. Thanks to State Farm for supporting this show and helping our listeners protect their businesses and lives. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.